I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, and she's brought one of her colleagues and also one of our favorite guests here today, and I'll let her introduce him. Hi, Patty. Yes, thank you. And I've got with us one of my favorite guests, Dayton Aldridge, who is a victim restitution specialist here in the district attorney's office. And he always has interesting information for us. And he approached me the other day with information about an incident that happened right here in Santa Barbara involving a fake DoorDash scam. So I thought it was important enough that I should alert certainly people in our community, and I suspect people everywhere, that this is a new scam that's happening right now. So Dayton, tell us what happened. Yes. Well, in this case, it was a home in the Santa Barbara area, a husband and wife, and they were both at work. It was early in the evening, and they started getting notifications on their phone from their ring cam that there was a DoorDash delivery person there to drop off food. And they were ringing the doorbell saying, we have your DoorDash and husband and wife were at work. They didn't order any DoorDash. So they said, we're not home. We didn't order any DoorDash. You have the wrong house. To which the scammers then proceeded to have other individuals who were not immediately apparent on camera walk around to the back of the house, find an unlocked door or window. And by the time the couple returned home from work, the house had been completely ransacked. Very scary. Very scary. So you mentioned something about a ring cam, which alerted the victims to what was happening, but it didn't prevent what actually did happen at the time. So how can we avoid something like this happening to us? What security measures might we know about that would help us in a situation like this? Yeah, well, the most important thing definitely is mindset. And that applies if you are home when this happens, or you're at work and you see it happening on your cameras. It's astonishing to me that we still live in a day and age where people don't lock their doors regularly, don't lock their windows that are big enough for an adult male to crawl through. That's a problem. This is always going to happen as long as people continue to do that. But also, if you are home and this were to happen, you have a mysterious DoorDash delivery person at your door that you did not order. That is a big red flag. That is how a lot of crimes kick off. Something even happened to me personally, to my grandmother a long time ago in Los Angeles, the same scam, but pre-DoorDash. She was home alone. Someone came, knocked on the door, said that they were there to do the tree trimming that her property manager had ordered. And in the process of engaging my grandmother at the door, kind of not arguing, but going back and forth about the tree trimming, really, does that need to happen? In the meantime, accomplices that my grandmother didn't see were going around to the back of the house, got inside and managed to steal all the family jewelry while she was at this door talking to the other scammer. So this is the same thing, just involving someone holding a bag that says DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats on it. Okay. It's just a new ploy to do the same old scam, which is to distract someone at the door so other people can go around and get inside in the back. So if you're not home, all you can really do here is cameras and dogs. But if you are home and this were to happen, a mysterious knock on the door, someone claiming to be delivery service or DoorDash, Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of it too, the people going around selling candy bars for whatever various cause. 
that is a big pre-crime indicator. They are trying to see if you are home or they are checking out the neighborhood, trying to see when they can come back and burglarize. So if you're home and that happens, don't open the door, obviously. Speak through the door, say, didn't order anything, please go away. We might have to say it forcefully. And you should also probably immediately then be going around and making sure your back doors and windows are locked. How frightening, how terrifying for your grandmother to know that somebody had broken into her house while she was there. Very scary. Mm -hmm. Nothing more scary. So Dayton, I'm wondering if you approach the door and you don't know who it is, might it be a good idea to just have your cell phone in your hand? So if the person tries to get in or doesn't go away, you can immediately call 911 and get the police there. Literally, when this happens to me, I give them one stern, please go away. I didn't order this. I didn't ask for this. Beyond that, if there's any arguing, any pushback, anything, I immediately respond with, I'm calling the police right now. Okay. Good. Yeah. I wonder so, if a beware of dog sign would be helpful too. Of course, a barking dog would be helpful, but do you think those types of signs help at all? I think signs help if there's something to back it up. So yeah, signs saying we have cameras, great, but have the cameras. Signs saying beware of dog, that's great, but have the dog. Right. What about burglar alarms? Burglar alarms are great. And that's something we can talk about now. There is a lot of really useful do-it-yourself type tools that are available to all of us that anyone, any adult, any senior can easily install by themselves. It's a little difficult to talk about some of them without name dropping companies. And obviously, we're not supporting any company, we're not sponsored by any company, but certain companies have really managed to do this and do this well. And for do-it-yourself home security systems, Ring, Nest, and the Simply Safe systems are all very user-friendly, very intuitive, very affordable, and you can get a lot of protection out of them. Obviously, not only cameras, that's their bread and butter, but the full security alarms for when a door opens or closes, when a window opens and closes, they have panic buttons that you can install right next to your bed or right next to the door where you can easily just hit a panic button, a big red button, and it immediately calls 911 for you without you having to find a phone. And everything is wireless. Everything just operates on batteries. So there's no drilling into walls. There's no damage to your walls. They work great for renters, people who don't own their homes, because you can just take the system down and move it to your new apartment whenever you move with no damage left behind. So those are great options. Uh, In this situation, we saw how the family having the security cameras at least allowed them to see what was happening and call law enforcement and give them some evidence of what happened. If someone walks up to my house, personally, I see them coming way before up my driveway on all my cameras. A lot of us have Apple watches nowadays or some other type of smart watch or smartphone. And I immediately get a notice right on my watch with a little video clip of a person walking up my driveway. So that could buy someone who was home alone and maybe forgot to lock their door a couple extra seconds to keep themselves safe. So Dayton, the topic today seems to be home security, and you talked about some user-friendly, affordable, smart home tools that can enhance senior safety and security. And I'm assuming that a couple of those things that you just mentioned now are what you're referring to. Are there any other smart home tools that we should know about? Yes. So one topic we talk about on this channel all the time is check fraud and mail theft. Okay, that's a big one. We always encourage people to have locking mailboxes and and whatnot, but 
If you can't do that for whatever reason, there are new products now that Ring has. It is actually a mailbox sensor. So you get an alert on your phone when the post person drops off your mail or when someone else opens up your mailbox and is fishing around in it. But at least we get the notification right when the mail is dropped off so you can immediately go out and get it before maybe someone else does. So I think that is a great user-friendly home security, easy fix that can cut down on a lot of stuff we deal with. Other things of that genre are the light systems. So smart lighting is a thing. And again, everything I'm talking about is wireless. Literally just unplug the current light bulb you have in whatever light fixture and plug in one of these. And then there's very user-friendly apps and you can create an entire custom scene for your house into your exterior to make it mimic like someone is home. Even if maybe you were going out to a late dinner or if you're on vacation for the weekend, you can set your lights to 3 a.m. the bathroom light's going to turn on and from 6 to 9.30, the living room lights are going to go on and then the bedroom light's going to go on for half an hour and you can create a complete custom scene to make it look like your home. Also, all of these light systems have motion sensors. So imagine a senior who needs to walk up to their home in the dark and as soon as they park their car or as soon as they start walking up their stairs, they trip a little motion sensor and now all the lights going up the staircase light, the whole house is illuminated, the porch light is already on for them to put their key in the door well before they even get up the door. And also the home security camera systems for people who have dependent adults who they're living with, who they're concerned about. Obviously, as long as you have the consent of the other dependent adult, your loved one, having a camera inside the house so that you can see into the living room when your loved one is alone for the day. So you can be able to check when the caregiver is coming in and out of the house and what they're doing. All this applies to inside the house as well. All of these cameras have two-way microphones on them. The new ones even have alerts for things like glass breaks, people falling, dogs barking different emergency situations that might occur where you might want to immediately check in on your loved one and be able to see, oh my gosh, they just fell. And I can see a little clip of it happening over and over again. I need to do something about it. And you can talk. They're two-way. So you can call out, George, are you okay? And they can respond without having to push a button, even if they're on the floor. No, call someone. Could really help, I think, everyone in that situation feel a little more secure. That's a wonderful suggestion. And it's an amazing device. It's really encouraging the kinds of things that they have out there now to help us feel more secure and be more secure and be safer. And while we're on the topic of safety and security, I'd like to talk a little bit about the dangers of social media, the kinds of things that we put online that scammers can use. And I know, Dayton, you have some suggestions for us in terms of how we can be more secure with social media. But I'm talking about information that we know scammers use to try and trick us into either giving personal information or giving money by pretending to know more about us than they really do, pretending to be somebody who is a friend or a friend of a friend. Things like our names, our ages, our relationships, family members, birthdays, our marital status, our occupation, where our kids go to school, family vacations, when we might be taking a family vacation, names of our friends, even our interests, our hobbies, our likes, our dislikes, even the names of our pets. All of this information is often online, on social media, either put there by our kids or our grandkids or us. 
And all of it can be used in some fashion by scammers who want to get our attention and get our money. So what should we know about social media by keeping some of these things more private and maybe just removing some of these things, some of this information? Yes. Well, the best thing we could do, which I actually did myself this year, is just get off social media. Just delete it. Just eliminate it from your life. If you can't do that, the next step is make sure every setting is as private as possible. There's no reason for anyone who's not a celebrity or a public official to have a public any social media account. Everything should be very private and you should be very controlling of who you follow and who you allow to follow you and to engage with you. So that prevents a lot right there. As far as other people like grandkids and kids putting on information about you, number one, tell them to please take it down and explain why it's important to you. Number two, you can remove yourself when people, it's called tagging. So for instance, if your grandchild said, oh, this is my grandma's new dog, so-and-so, and her name is at Vicki Johnson, one, two, three, you can go into your settings and you can have Instagram or Twitter or Facebook remove any posts that you have been tagged in. So that would remove the ability of someone to be able to search for anything related to Vicki Johnson and maybe see that your grandchild posted the name of your dog in before because it would remove your tag from that social media site. So doing that helps. The other thing that's important to remember, there's two big security concerns with revealing all that type of information. One, the physical personal security of people knowing where you live, where your kids are going to school, what time their soccer practice is, when you'll be in and out of the house, if you're going on vacation for things like robberies, burglaries, kidnappings, person crimes, that's a big deal. The other component is all of these questions that you just named off, best friend, hobby, first job, family vacation, dog's names, cat's names, what else do those questions resemble? Those are all of the security questions that all the websites that we sign up for ask us to go through. And those are the questions that if someone were to pretend to be you and ask Google to say, reset your password, and they ask, well, if you can tell us what your first dog's name was and where you family went on vacation last year, we'll open up the whole Google account and you can reset the password. That's the real danger. So the answer to that issue is when you fill out those security questions, just keep in mind, you can put in whatever answer in those fields that you want. Just because it's asking you for your dog's name doesn't mean you have to respond with spot. You can put in any sort of password or code word that you like. Another good reason to have a password manager, a password manager app, so that when you're setting up these different sites and putting in the security questions, you can remember, okay, I answered my first car and I answered it orange one, two, three. So even if someone were to try to guess every single car that had ever been invented ever, they are probably not going to get orange one, two, three as the first car you drove. So substituting those real answers for just being a little secretive about it, that would protect you from the hacks and the other password security concerns. That is really good information because you're right. All of this information that you put out there on social media are the kinds of things that are the answers to the security questions that people would need to get into your accounts. Another thing is I know that sometimes you're asked to take a survey online and it looks so innocent. Company says, we've used our product. Would you please take this survey? We'd just like to know a little bit more about you. And what you end up doing is giving them all this information that you often use as a password on one of your accounts. So it's not just an innocent survey. It could be sold by that company to somebody that will put it to a more nefarious use. 
So this is really valuable information just to make us feel more secure and be more secure and safe, not just in our physical presence and in our home, but in the cyber world. Thank you so much, Dayton, for coming yes. on. Thank you, yes, Dayton. I mean, we really always enjoy getting caught up with the latest news on how to avoid scams. And Dayton, you will really keep up to date with it. Some of these things I never would have thought of. It sounds almost like the Jetsons, some of these home security questions. Exactly. For you youngins, that was a cartoon long ago. <laughs> I know the Jetsons, yes. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much, Dayton. We always of appreciate course. having you come on. We yeah, sure anytime. Do. And we look forward to talking next week. Vicki, before we go, would you give the fraud hotline number? I know people can talk to you, get your advice if they feel like they've been scammed. And also if they'd like to be a guest on our show, you might wish to talk to them. Absolutely. I love having guests on the show. My phone number, my direct line is area code 805-568-2442. And I will repeat it, 805-568-2442. And I do welcome your calls. Thank you so much. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye.